Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is podcast number 009, where we have a biblical conversation about the crazy world in which we live. We've said this before, and we'll say it again. We look to God's Word to help us make sense of our existence, because God's Word helps us to weigh what we see around us in the scales of Scripture and to view it and to decipher it through the lens of Scripture. It helps us make sense of our broken, fallen world so that we cannot merely survive but thrive in the world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 to 25 minutes as we provide you with a bird's-eye view of some complex issue facing our society, the culture, the church, or you. And at the end of the podcast, we'll point you to additional resources so that if you want to, you can dig deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. Let me begin by refreshing your memory from last week's Leave Your Church episode. We're in what I call season two of our podcast. While this episode is podcast 009, it is really episode two of season two, and season two is about the coming persecution. Today's episode is entitled Groomed. And the thought process is is that we are being groomed right now by the culture, by larger forces around us. Now, I don't want to get paranoid here, but what this is really about is this. Jesus tells us that in this world we will have persecution because we don't fit in with the dominant worldviews. Jesus tells us that no student is above his teacher, no slave is above his master, and if they hated him, they will hate you and I. And as we can see right now, we are living in an unparalleled season of upheaval, hatred, violence, and confusion. We're seeing profound overreach by the government in terms of personal God-given rights through this COVID-19 epidemic. We're seeing fear. We're seeing violence, riots, looting, burning. And we're seeing a government selectively enforcing so-called health orders, but not the law when it comes to rioting and lawlessness. It reminds me of something of the false shepherds that God condemned in Ezekiel 34 for not doing the job that they were called to do. Last week, we talked about how this has affected many churches where the pastors have gone woke or they've just bought in and they're not, the churches aren't meeting. They're just waiting for the government to give them permission to worship. And we said, if that's the case in your church, maybe it's time to leave your church. Now, is our world about to end? No, it's not about to end. Not this week, not next month. Is Jesus returning soon? We don't know. But what we do know is that we are living in a time that seems almost unpredictable. Every day there's some new extreme. And in a way, it reminds me of life imitating art. And specifically, I refer to George Orwell's classic book of dystopian authoritarianism, 1984. Let me read you a quote from that book right now. Everything other than working was forbidden. Walking in the streets, having fun, singing, dancing, getting together. Everything was forbidden. Sounds like today, doesn't it? Because we've been groomed, we've been manipulated, we've been conditioned to willingly give away uncritically just about every right we have to freedom of assembly. In an Orwell's novel, the people had been conditioned, groomed, and manipulated into an uncritical compliance to the whims of the government. And I think, in a way, that's what's happening today with many people. The people in Orwell's novel, like many people today, had been habituated, manipulated gradually, almost like a frog in the kettle, to comply with whatever whim or direction the government turned or turned them. And like them, I think we're being groomed a little bit. 
Maybe you felt it. Maybe you've detected it. Maybe you've sensed it. I don't know. What do I mean by groomed? Well, let me tell you what grooming is. Grooming is preparation for exploitation. It's normally associated with, of all things, pedophiles or those who abuse the elderly or just con men or abusive spouses. What's it look like? Experts describe it as a five- or a six-step process, which builds momentum incrementally over time. It begins slowly, and then it moves and fits and starts until control is achieved. The steps are something like this, targeting the victim, gaining their trust, filling a need, meeting a need, finding a witness, isolating them. The perpetrator or the predator isolates her victim. He cuts them off from family, friends, and support systems like church, colleagues, or work, or routines. And then he exploits them. And the exploitation involves some sort of gain. And it's not about sex, and it's not about money. It's almost always about power, about control. It's progressive, and there's never enough control achieved. So it's ongoing. And that's what I think is going on a little bit in today's culture. You see, this is all about power and power relationships. All it takes to pull off this manipulation, this type of grooming, is the right event or series of events, sort of a perfect storm. It also requires a predator and a victim, a willing predator and an unwitting victim. And today, for some of us, it's been the COVID-19 pandemic. For others, it's been the rise of the woke culture, critical theory, anti-racism, and all of the shouting down and canceling. And for most of our society, it's been both. This is the perfect storm. I would submit to you that you and I have been groomed over the last seven months or so, and we continue to be groomed for compliance, for submission, and for acceptance of the new norm, the new normal. You hear about the silent majority, but I would suggest to you that it's the silenced majority. It's afraid. It's increasingly timid. Now, you may say you're overstating the case, Keith, but I would say to you, think again. In fact, think. Stop and think. We've given away much of our First Amendment freedoms over the last seven months, in most cases, willingly. The new normal is seven months of sheltering indoors, although the curve was flattened long ago. The stats speak for themselves. In California, for example, over 16 million COVID-19 tests have been given. 15 million people have been tested negative. 800,000 people have tested positive. In all of that, there have been a little over 16,000 deaths attributed to COVID-19, and most of these, something like 95%, had to do with comorbidities. Now, it sounds bad, and it is sad. These deaths are a tragedy, but you have to remember that California's population is almost 40 million. That means 5% of the population is tested positive for COVID-19 or being diagnosed, and less than one-tenth of 1% have died. 40% of the population have tested negative, and yet for the first time in history, we are quarantining healthy people, and that's not all. Statistically, according to the CDC, if you're healthy and in between the ages of 50 and 64 years old, you have a 1 in 19 million chance of contracted COVID and dying. You're statistically less safe on the 5 freeway, the 101 or the 405 at rush hour. And yet, we're, we're not getting fewer requirements placed upon us, but more. In San Jose, in May, we were asked to spy on our neighbors and dial 311 by the mayor and the chief of police to report them if they weren't properly observing sheltering indoors or social distancing. Not 10 days ago, according to CBS LA in Sacramento, 
new social distancing guidelines were released by the state of California prohibiting gatherings to only three households at any time. Under the October 9th document for California, the Department of Health said that basically officials were urging us to collect the names of people who came into our homes so that if anything happened, we could give the names to health authorities. I want you to think about this. You've got two or three friends over and you're going to collect names. Think of what we've given away, the privacy. Think of what you've been conditioned to accept as normal. We are being told how to gather. We're being asked and told how to spy. Neighbors are encouraged to spy on neighbors. Chief Eddie Garcia and Mayor Sam Licardo in uh, San Jose said, if you see your neighbor or a business violating stay at home, the police department wants you to call 311. And then there's this quirky uh, Mercury News feature called Ask Amy, in which a lady complains about her neighbor who keeps shaming her for not wearing a mask and has turned her cameras like her ring or her surveillance cameras. It says here in the Mercury News story, our berserk neighbor keeps calling the cops and now she has a camera on us and now she has her cameras pointed at our house. And this is ridiculous that people are even thinking this way. We're also being told how to worship or how not to worship. Until recently, we couldn't even meet, but we're told now we can't sing. And the latest is an SF Gate magazine. It's an online magazine. There's an article about Gavin Newsom's office telling us to keep masks on between bites as we eat in outdoor restaurants. We're to lift up the mask, shove the food in with a fork, pull the mask back down. The governor is telling you how to eat. And, you know, what's kind of crazy about that is the fact that we're not supposed to be touching our mask all that much anyway. But I want you to stop and think about this. We are being inundated with the most intrusive measures in the history of our country. And it reminds you of the old communist countries. And I'm not, I'm not being a, a hysteric here. But all this is supposed to be for our own good, according to Big Brother. We're becoming dependent. We're becoming isolated. We're being groomed. That's why I say we're being groomed. There's this perfect storm in the name of a health crisis. And we're seeing more and more that the numbers just don't add up. What really makes this seem so inconsistent is that there have been special disease exceptions made for rioters and so-called peaceful protesters who are not fined. And why is that? Because According to some health experts from Boston, Massachusetts to Los Angeles, California and beyond, the risk of congregating in riots shouldn't keep people from protesting racism because racism and white supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19. You'd think the Ku Klux Klan was back. Instead, you've got a left-wing Ku Klux Klan, Antifa, but our society, you, me, our children, are being groomed and manipulated to accept ideas like this where people are gathering in protest and chanting and singing that somehow that's exempt because it won't spread the disease. And that's totally subjective. It's nonsensical. And along the line and along the way, we're being dehumanized. We're becoming depersonalized. The masks are taking away our humanity. And nonconformists are being demonized. The masks make us part of a near anonymous crowd without facial features, smiles, and identifiable features, part of a herd, and the absence of a mask can mark you out as a troublemaker. There's this near religious dogma involved and adherence to a narrative, and that's why I say that we're being groomed and manipulated. Let me show you another alarming example from USA Today. There was an article by a number of physicians and I want you to listen to the near religious-sounding or ideological dogma that it 
perpetrates here. It says, defeat COVID-19 by requiring vaccination for all. It's not un-American, it's patriotic. The article continues, make vaccines free, don't allow religious or personal objections, and create disincentives for those who refuse vaccines shown to be safe and effective. To win the war against the novel coronavirus, the only answer, the only answer, is compulsory vaccination for all of us. You know, this sounds like one of those old World War II ads about victory gardens. We're all in it together. The article continues, and while the necessary measures to defeat the coronavirus will seem draconian or even anti-American to some, we believe that there is no alternative. Now, they have this series of extremes here. There is the so-called exclusive, excluded middle. There's no middle ground here. They write this. Simply put, Getting vaccinated is going to be our patriotic duty. Now listen to the guidelines. Listen to the dogma that they suggest. It's, they go on to say this in the article. Do not honor religious objections. The major religions do not officially oppose vaccines. Says who? When what's a major religion under the First Amendment? Listen, and it goes on. Do not allow objections for personal preference which violate the social contract. Now stop and think. What social contract? Who defines the social contract? Did you sign the social contract? And how can government and society ensure compliance with protective vaccines? Here are their suggestions. Vaccine refusers, now they're not people, they're dehumanized, demonized vaccine refusers. We're being conditioned to think of them as something less than human. Vaccine refusers could lose tax credits or be denied non-essential government benefits. Health insurers could levy higher premiums for those who, by refusing immunization, place themselves and others at risk. Private businesses could refuse to employ or serve unvaccinated individuals. How would they know? Because they have to have a certificate. Schools could refuse to allow unimmunized children to attend classes. Public and commercial transit companies, airlines and trains and buses could exclude, here's that dehumanized term again, refusers. Private and public auditoriums could require evidence of immunization for entry. In other words, persecute those who differ with you. They're refusers. They're really not human. You're being conditioned to think in totalitarian terms. Now, would you submit to something like this? Well, let me suggest to you that you already have. Now, think about our present situation right now. Do you wear a mask outdoors? Do you wear a mask when you're driving your vehicle? I pass people all the time with their windows rolled up and their air conditioners going, and they're wearing masks. They've been programmed to do so. They've been groomed to do so. Are you starting to see humans as biological threats and avoiding contact with people? When you're walking down the street and there's someone coming toward you, maybe they're walking their dog and they don't have a mask, do you cross over to the other side of the street? I've seen other people do that. Do you feel guilty about not wearing masks sometimes? Are you tempted to mask shame? On my wife's Facebook page, a friend of hers was at a little like farmer's market with her dad uh, who was selling pumpkins. And there was this big picture of them smiling together. They took their mask off for a picture. And one of the comments was, where's your mask? Think about that. It's almost like a, a reverse Star of David that the Germans made, made the Jews wear in the 1930s and 40s. And think about the new normal. Let me give you a real scenario that we've all seen at some point in our lives, and we've also seen on uh, YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. So you're in a restaurant, and a panhandler comes up, and you're dining outdoors, and he starts bothering you for money. 
the management is going to run him off or run her off or call the police. They're going to intervene. Somebody comes up and starts playing music and then they want you to give them money. They're going to be run off. But in Washington, D.C., if you're sitting in an outdoor restaurant and somebody comes up and demands that you raise a fist in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter organization or anti-racism, and you don't, they're going to intimidate and bully and brutalize you verbally. And you know what? The restaurant isn't going to intervene because they've been groomed not to. These things are already happening. Most people are complying willingly out of fear. Again, you hear a lot about the silent majority, but it's the silenced majority. And seemingly, they are cowering like cowards because we're told that these good people outnumber all these bad extremists, but they're not doing anything. Why is that? Because they've gone through the stages of grooming. You know, they've been targeted as a victim, and there are conformists and nonconformists. And uh, if you're if you're not succumbing to all the health strictures and requirements, you're a nonconformist, and you're going to be targeted. The government and other people and other societal forces have sought to gain trust. At the beginning of the COVID-19, we all wanted to flatten the curb, and it all seemed right. But now we don't really need that protection so much, but the strictures keep getting tighter, which brings us to being isolated. You know, the predator finds a way to break the routine of the intended victim, break the routine relationships to isolate them from support systems, family, and friends, like maybe getting them to shelter indoors or not letting them go to church, not letting them go to work, beginning to see people as biological threats, vaccine refusers, people who refuse to wear masks. And then there's the exploitation. The predator makes their move on the victim. How do they do that? Well, USA Today's editorial team that wrote that article would have you... suffer tax penalties and fines and not get insurance or certain government services or have businesses exclude you if you don't have the right marker. Think about that. And then they're going to maintain control. Once the abuse occurs, the predator will do all that he can to silence the victim. This is going on now. You and I have fallen prey to becoming like frogs in a kettle, getting used to these new normals. And it's all about control. Not one piece of legislation has been passed to enact these things. It's all been like executive orders from governors or mayors or local health officials. Colossians 2.8 tells us to see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. And yet look at the current state of affairs. Many churches aren't meeting. They have no plans to meet. Some of them have only grudgingly started meeting again because their congregation members have been pressuring the leadership. Like we talked about last week, Those are churches you should probably leave because you're going to need a good, strong Christian fellowship in the days ahead because I would submit to you things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. We've given up freedoms without a struggle in the name of self-preservation. That is, in reality, no self-preservation. We've been groomed, and it's not going to stop here. Mechanisms have now been tested. Tolerances have now been tested. And there'll be another crisis. There'll be maybe influenza. Who knows? But what can you do about all this? Well, God's word tells us that though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive. So what do you do? Number one, 
Go to church. Stop neglecting the assembling of yourselves together. Fellowship with like-minded believers. Encourage and stimulate one another to good works. And if your church has uncritically bought into all this madness, find a new church that will shepherd and nurture and encourage you in the days ahead. Vote. You're a U.S. citizen. Which party seems to be pushing this agenda? Vote against them. Push back. Complain to government officials. Make life tough for them. Don't allow yourself to be groomed or manipulated or conditioned. Draw a line in the sand. Exercise your free speech. Force force people to think. Talk to them. Talk to your friends. You can organize groups around the First Amendment, even disparate people with disparate ideologies who all agree that we should be able to speak and live freely. I'll put a link to a website on there that is organized here in Santa Clara County you may find helpful. But as I look at all this, I'm reminded of a once famous quote from a Lutheran pastor in Nazi Germany during the 1930s and the 40s. His society and him and his congregation were being groomed to comply And as he looked back over his shoulder, in retrospect, he wrote these words, and I want you to listen to these words. He said this, First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak up because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. I want you to think about the age in which we live. You know, a lot of the things that have been done have been done for good stated reasons, the benefit of our health. But as Proverbs 14, 12 tells us, there's a way that seems right to us, but in the end, it's the way of death. We have flattened the curve. These strictures that are being enforced and even increased here in California and Santa Clara County are increasingly unnecessary. You and I are being treated like a frog in a kettle. The heat is gradually being turned up. We're being cooked alive. We've been groomed, manipulated, conditioned. And the time to resist that is now. Well, that's it for today. Next time, we'll talk more about the coming persecution, and Mark Stickler will be rejoining me in the studio. In the meantime, stay tuned. Until then, if you'd like further resources, visit us online at www. .gracetoliveradio.org and click the podcast resource button. There'll be a number of links that I think you'll find helpful there. In the meantime, organize. Organize some resistance against this. Write letters. Now, speaking of letters, if you'd like to ask me a question, I'd love to hear from you. I try to answer emails within 24 hours. Email me at keith, K-E-I-T-H, at hillside.org, and I'll try to answer quickly. Learn more about Hillside Church. If you'd like to visit us, you can worship online with us at www.hillside.org forward slash services. You can watch our worship services there, or you can join us for in-person worship indoors at 9 a.m., outdoors at 1045 a.m. Before we go, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform, be sure and give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends about us. Get the word out. We want to grow the reach of this podcast, and we need your help. We release this podcast on Wednesdays. If you want to, you can subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to remember to look us up. In the meantime, this is Keith Crosby, Out of My Mind. God bless you and keep you. See you next time.